Well, good morning. Thank you for being here as we come together to celebrate Mark's life this morning. And all the, the family is thankful for all of you who have gathered here. And so we thank you for being here as we celebrate and reflect on Mark's life. As we prepare for our time together, would you join me in a word of prayer? Father God, we thank you, we praise you for Mark's life, the work you did in and through him. We pray that today would, would honor that, that you would be glorified through our remembrance and our, our celebration of his life. Father, we, we gather knowing that Mark had a confident hope that this life, this world was not the end, was not our ultimate home. And so we, we celebrate that that is true, that this world is not all there is, that our life does not end ultimately when our earthly life ends, though we have eternity with you, and Mark has eternity with you that he's enjoying now. So God, with our time together this morning, would it glorify you and would it celebrate Mark? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Our first scripture reading this morning is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 8 through 16. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised, they, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. morning. <clears throat> I wanted to start my uh, little remarks by uh, offering my condolences to all of us. Uh, we all lost a treasure, I think. Uh, whether he was a husband, father, brother, grandfather, or friends and buddies of us, we all knew him well and we liked him a lot. Uh, those buddies include the golf, golfing buddies, the snowmobiling buddies, the uh, trap-shooting buddies, of which I'm one, and the clergy. He was a unique person, highly intelligent. I, I've met a lot of highly intelligent people in my career, and most of them were not, a, not a, at all like Mark. Uh, Mark was extroverted, outgoing, energetic in all areas that he took interest in. When he took interest in something... He took interest in something, as you all know. Uh, uh, he had a great memory. Uh, things that he could remember, I uh, was amazed at. And um, I want to bring up one date that was burned into Mark's memory. February 3, 1959. Um, Mark was only uh, four years old, but that date became part of his life. And I'll get back to that in a little while. But you can think about that. <laughs> so, again, he was, he was one of a kind, and uh, he was very extroverted. We'd walk into a cafe somewhere, anywhere, 
And within minutes, he's talking to the owner and getting their history about the cafe and how long it's been and whether or that they want to sell it. And he, <laughs> he just, he just uh, could engage people immediately. And he did that to me when I first met him. Um, he had many, many interests, as I said, with, and he, he went into them with enthusiasm and high energy. And it, from subjects as, as diverse as medicine to muscle cars, you know, 1966 Pontiacs with three carburetors, all the way up to new Dodge Challengers with the Hellcat engine. He was interested in all, all things. Uh, I enjoyed my time with Mark snowmobiling. I uh, went with the Northern Lights as he was a member. He invited me even though I was a member of a competing club up in Eagle River. They always brought me into the club with uh, pleasant uh, welcoming. Uh, we hiked trails in the winter, or in the, in the warm weather, and then we did a lot of snowshoeing in the uh, winter. He, he had a lot of strength. And, uh, and then we went trap shooting in the winter and in the summer. We discussed a lot of things. He was interested, again, in a lot of things, and we had, and we would be listening to uh, rock and roll music on his car radio as we're going to the various events that we were doing, and he would, he would say, oh, this is by such and such band, and that saxophonist is so and so, how he remembered all these things, I couldn't. And, uh, so he knew the bands in their history. Okay, back to February 3, 1959. It was an airplane crash in Mason City, Iowa. And three famous singers got, were killed in that crash. The Big Bopper, which, whose name was really John Richardson, and Richie Valens, he was from Pacoima, California, remember him? And most of all, Buddy Holly. That was... Uh, Mark's rock and roll hero. And uh, so they were in an airplane going from Mason City to Fargo and they crashed. So the Obama, Obukovic's, I said that wrong, Obukovic has went to every February for a memorial um, concert. And so uh, I went with him with, along with my wife one year and we went to the surf ballroom and looked around and saw all the autographs of all the rock and roll people that he knew and I didn't. Uh, and then one of the things that we always had to do, or Mark always had to do, is go to the crash site. So picture this, we're out in an Iowa cornfield way out and the wind was blowing probably 30 miles an hour, it was cold, it was in February, but we, we went about a half a mile out into this cornfield and uh, Mark had his picture taken in the, with the uh, monument to Buddy Holly. So he did that every time. I imagine he's been there dozens of times, right? The family's shaking their head, yes. <laughs> and he, he did other, other things that were, that, again, in his diverse interest. I remember he went, drove down to Omaha for a college baseball game by himself. A long ways. And then goes to Detroit for a car show and, and a parade. 
So, in summary, we're all going to miss him. I'm going to miss him as a friend and a buddy. He was uh, extremely intelligent, enthusiastic, and he had so many interests. I'm sure we'll all miss his part in our life. Thank you. everyone. Uh, thank you so much for coming um, and to join us in celebrating this most special life. Um, my name is Melissa and I'm Mark's favorite daughter-in-law. Um, I've never had to write a eulogy before um, and even just three months ago I would have never imagined that I would be writing this one. Um, when I was reading about what would make a good eulogy, many recommended just a small collection of stories. Um, and I hope the stories that I share today give a little insight to the man that not everybody got a chance to see like I did. Um, Mark had no hesitation to strike up a conversation with anyone, as long as it was about 50s rock and roll, 60s muscle cars, or college baseball. Um, he could talk your ear off about, or those were some of his very... Uh, many very specific passions, and he could talk your ear off about the things that he loved, the places he wanted to go, and he would do his best to convince you to join him. And it sounds like he was successful in that many times. Um, however, I don't know anything about those things. Um, what I do know about his family, and I know for a fact that Mark loved his family best of all. Mark met and fell in love with Rosie while working at UW-Madison. Um, they would still visit some of their most favorite places whenever they were there, mostly to get ice cream. Um, Mark was immensely proud of his children, Luke and Lucy. In everything they did, he was their biggest fan, cheering on Luke as he played college baseball for Illinois and somehow becoming a Texas Longhorns fan when Lucy took up residence in Austin, Texas. He never ran out of pride for, to share of both of them. I came into the family a bit later, and the time I had sharing parts of my life with Mark was so short. However, he filled that time with love and memories that I'll never forget. This was especially true after my daughters were born. From the moment we called, Mark, called to let Mark and Rosie know that their first granddaughter was born, he became the most loving grandpa you could ever hope for your children to have. He shared with them his love of ice cream, stopping for custard on his way into town every visit. He shared his love of 50s rock and roll, softly singing them rock songs that he had sung to Luke and Lucy. He was counting down the days for Madeline to be big enough to buy her, buy her first pair of saddle shoes. Um, she's wearing them today. Um, he shared his love of the outdoors, never hesitating to take them for stroller rides and tricycle rides around and around and around our neighborhood. Um, but one of the things I'll be forever grateful that he shared was his love of reading. Every time he and Rosie came to visit, our coffee table would be piled high with books that he would read to the girls in every spare moment. He had no problem reading books like Peekaboo Bear over and over again, simply because Amelia liked the mirror page at the end. He would, um, he would elaborate on stories, pointing out things like the puffin bird on every page of Baby Beluga. He would bring books that were weathered and worn that he had read with Luke and Lucy. Madeline would ask to read about Clip Clop the Horse, and he never minded if she only made it a page or two. Another classic favorite was Goodnight Moon, and I'll never be able to read it without hearing his expressive voice in my head. Mark would always share with my girls the books that he read to their Dada Luke and their Auntie Lulu, and there were so many books he couldn't wait to share with them when they were old enough. 
the number of times he talked about his excitement for reading them the classics, the abridged versions, of course, which he would read to his own children at their bedtimes. I only hope that someday Luke will read the same books with our girls, knowing the meaning behind them. Uh, we should have had so many more years of custard and walks and stories. However, I know when it's our time to join him at the malt shop in the sky, he'll be waiting at the counter, beaming with love and pride, with a chocolate malt with extra malt powder in hand. Thank you.
Thank you. You may be seated. The second scripture, scripture reading will be from Psalm 62, chapters 5 through 8. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. There's a the quote from, from C.S. Lewis that I know Mark really liked. C.S. Lewis is a Christian author, and he writes this. He wrote, If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, then the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. So the, the man who is an interim pastor here before me, he, he met with... Mark, and he read a, a biography of C.S. Lewis where they discussed this quote. And like, I know Mark was, he was fascinated and captured by this idea that we are made for another world. And of course, like, this idea that we're made for another world is not something that C.S. Lewis came up with on his own. But Lewis took it from the Word of God, from the Bible. So earlier we, we heard from Hebrews chapter 11. And in that chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, it's often called the Hall of Faith. Because that chapter recounts various Old Testament men and women who lived lives in which they displayed incredible trust in God, incredible faith in God. That chapter, Hebrews 11, tells us how people like Noah and Enoch and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses all lived lives in which they placed their faith in God. And all those people in Hebrews chapter 11, their lives at various times were marked by hardship and marked by trial. And ultimately, each one of them died having never received all that was promised to them. And yet, the author of Hebrews tells us about each of those people that, that despite their hardships, despite having not seen the fullness of all that God promised, despite all that, the author of Hebrews writes that all these people were still living by faith when they died. Listen again to the first half of verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 11. All these people, all these Old Testament heroes were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Which might raise the question, like, how? What enabled them to live a life of faith even though they hadn't received all that was promised? The second half of verse 13 answers that question for us. We're told that they were able to continue to live in faith because they admitted that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. In other words, Noah, 
and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and all others, all those others that were mentioned, right? They're able, they were able to endure the hardships of this life. Because they embraced, in the words of Lewis, that they were made for another world, that they were strangers and foreigners on this earth. That this world was not their ultimate home. A couple of verses later, in verse 16, the author of Hebrews writes, Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Instead of finding their ultimate source of hope in this life, for those Old Testament heroes, their faith in God enabled them to grasp and to understand and to trust that a better country awaited them beyond this life. This world we live in now is broken, it's marred by the effects of sin, and it's marked by trials and pain and hardship, not least of which is mourning the loss of beloved friends and family. Death is the, the ultimate sign that things are not as they should be. That this world is not ultimately our home. But the great hope that Mark had, and the great hope that all who have placed their faith in Christ have, that there is a better country, a better world, a city prepared by God that awaits us beyond this life. And that's why today can be a, a celebration of Mark's life. Yes, we miss him and we mourn his passing. But more than that, we're able to celebrate that Mark is now in that, that better country, in that city prepared by God. He's in the world where his deepest desires are now satisfied in a way that this world could never satisfy. We celebrate that, that Mark had the same faith as, in the same God as Noah and Moses and Abraham. A faith that allowed Mark to see the glorious future that God promised each of them. But Mark actually had an advantage over those great figures of the Old Testament. Because Mark got to live life on this side of the cross. On this side of Jesus' death and resurrection. We just celebrated Easter where we celebrate Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And Moses and Noah, Moses and Noah, and Abraham, and all the rest of those Old Testament figures. They, they trusted that God would one day send a Savior, a Messiah who would defeat sin and death. But they could only dream and imagine and guess at exactly how God would save His people. But living on this side of the cross, on this side of history, Mark got to know. Mark, got to, Mark knew that, that God saved his people by sending his son Jesus to, to suffer the penalty of sin on the cross in their place. In fact, I'm told that today, April 19th, is the anniversary of when Mark placed his faith in Jesus. It was on April 19th that Mark recognized his need of a Savior. That he recognized that if he was to go to this better country, he needed his sins forgiven until he placed his faith in Jesus. 
trusting that it was through Jesus that he would go to his ultimate home. And it was, it was his faith in Jesus, his trust in Jesus, his, his confidence that a better country awaited him that allowed Mark and allows each of us who trust Jesus to live lives now in this life that, that glorify God. After the author of Hebrews wraps up that great hall of faith in Hebrews 11, he, he starts chapter 12 by saying this. He says, Therefore, which is in light, of, in light of the faith of all those Old Testament figures, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. It was, it was his faith that allowed Mark to run with perseverance the race marked out for his life. By keeping his eyes fixed on Jesus, he was able to live this life, even with its hardships, for the glory of God. Mark ran the race marked out for him well. He ran with perseverance. He ran with a desire to impact others and bring glory to God. We just heard story from Chuck and Melissa of all that Mark was interested in and did to impact others. And many of you who are gathered here, you're gathered here because Mark had some kind of impact on your life. You can attest to the fact that he lived a life that impacted others and glorified God. And what enabled Mark to live that kind of life was that he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of his faith. Not that he was perfect, none of us are. But he knew that he had a Savior that would forgive him when he fell short. And so today, and in the days and the months and the years ahead, each of us remembers Mark. I would just encourage you to remember that Mark knew, right? in the words of C.S. Lewis, that he was made for another world. And that he, and he, that Mark is in that world now. He is there joyfully in the presence of his Savior. And for each of us who trust in Jesus, we get to reflect on and consider and rejoice in the fact that we one day will join Mark in that other world, in that better country. When we use that hope that we have, right, that confidence, that joy that we have in the future better world to empower us and enable us to run with perseverance the race that had marked out before us. Would we honor Mark by living that way? A moment ago we, we heard a portion of Psalm 62 read. And the psalmist writes, Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. Like Mark's soul rested in God in this life and he perfectly rests with God now. God is our rock and our salvation. Mark was, or God was Mark's rock and Mark's salvation. So I'm going to pray for us in a moment and then we're going to sing together a song that rejoices in the fact that Mark 
specifically request that we sing at this service, that rejoice in the fact that God is our rock. Did you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the chance to gather together and to remember and celebrate Mark's life. We praise you above all that you were Mark's rock in salvation and you can be a rock in salvation for each of us who places our faith and trust in you. Lord, we rejoice as Mark rejoiced in the love you showed to us through Jesus. Would we, would we honor Mark by seeking to glorify you the way he sought to impact others and glorify you? Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you for this chance to join together, to remember and to celebrate the work you did in and through Mark's life. Would you be honored, would you be glorified as each of us 
remembers Mark and that each of us seek to live lives that honor and glorify you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Following the service, you're invited to a, a lunch downstairs. Um, hope that you will join us for that. And again, we thank you for being here. So as we go, would you go knowing as Mark knew that this world is not our ultimate home, that we are made for a better world, a heavenly one. You are dismissed. <laughs>